0: Get the full Bonfire experience on your screen. YouTube.com slash Bonfire Sports. Thumbs up. Subscribe. You'll know when we're live. Enjoy the games. Has the Blue Bombers put the Doubters to bed? Will the Edmonton Elks coaching change this past week and coming off the bye sparks some hope for this hapless, winless football club? Will they find a way to end their home losing streak Thursday night against arguably the number one team in the Canadian Football League? Chris Walby has your keys to the game as well. As we bring him in, and you all out there, welcome inside Game Day Winnipeg. It is your pregame show here on Bonfire Sports. The Bombers are six and two, the Elks are 0 oh and 8. Chris Walby is in the house. And, you know, before we went to air, he's like, I got so many notes. I've been taking notes all week. I want to hear what you're thinking coming out of that. Absolutely dominant 50 to 14, 14 beatdown of the BC Lions this past week, Chris. Has, has this put the doubts to bed?
1: Yeah, I think so. Take a take a look at this now. Bombers obviously coming off a bye week. They've had two weeks to prepare for BC. They scoured and broke down that film. They saw tenancies. I read about how they recognize when the linebackers are coming in, they're lining up in a certain blitz. This is one of the things you can't do against the bombers. You cannot line up in your pre-snap read or blitz pattern because Zach's going to see it. He's seen every bloody defense in the league. He's going to pick you apart, and he did that. All those deep balls he threw, I think about a six over 30 yards. It was crazy, man. I mean, he recognized what he had to do. The receivers were on the same page. Uh, It might be one of the best games I've seen them play in a long, long time where everything, everything was working, and BC was just struggling. And I think they... They had no air, and I know they're playing that that it was you know the second game in four days, and, and there is some factor to that, but uh, they did not look like the team at all that came in here and spanked the bombers thirty to six. So, yeah, to answer your question, I I, I told you before I had no doubts. I mean, people were jumping off the bandwagon, breaking their ankles about the offensive line are too yep. old. The soul line is you know that professional evaluation thing, whatever it is, they've been ranked top uh you know top line for i think almost you know at least 70% of the time so uh to me this has all the markings of a big win for the bombers but i agree with you and i listened to your podcast last yesterday and yes i you do did. To guys yes i did and i was watching you uh, wax poetic about it and thinking that it might just be one of those games where you can't get too cocky and you know excited about thinking you're going to win Because when you look at it, the Jarius Jackson thing, I think that bringing Manny Arsenal back for leadership qualities, um, they had to make some changes, buddy. They've got a couple new guys in defensive line this week coming in. Um, Can they beat the – I mean, it's going to take a heck of a game. And will they end their streak of losing at home? That's a huge thing, too. The fans want to see something different. I think they made the right choice. Listen, we did this game – I don't know how many weeks ago. I think it was week seven. And they were talking about Trey Ford. And the fact was, he has to show improvement in practice. They weren't happy with him. That's why he wasn't playing. But when you got guys like Taylor Cornelius, who just keeps throwing the ball away, makes some idiotic plays. No offense, young man. You know, I hope your career is long and successful. But uh, you know what? They had to make some sort of change. And I like the fact that they're giving this kid who's got exceptional athletic ability um you know this is a guy that can really extend plays and he's fast and he's Real got bounce. a great arm he's a heck right winner waterloo grad uh i think that the, you know the uh, the fans in edmonton and the elk community have been screaming to see this kid play and they're finally going to get an opportunity
0: do you think there is a coincidence between edmonton offensive coordinator Stephen mcadoo Being demoted and now moving over to the defensive side of the football, Jarius Jackson, the new play caller, quote unquote, play caller on offense. Do you see a, a coincidence there between that move McAdoo no longer in charge of the offense and Edmonton? now saying, okay, Taylor Cornelius is our third stringer. He will handle the short yardage, big body, short yardage, running quarterback. Okay. And Jared Daggies, the number two, and suddenly a guy who was not even dressed to start the season, has not dressed for the majority of Edmonton's games. He's now QB1.
1: You know what, DB? Different coordinators have their own evaluation of who they should play. Mm-hmm. And I think Jarius Jackson, who worked well in BC, he's been around the league. He's worked with a number of great quarterbacks. Sees potential. And I'm using the word potential in Trey Ford. And I think that Trey Ford can get the job done. Now, McAdoo wasn't going anywhere with those two guys. He just kept, you know, whether it was Dodge or or, or Cornelius, and he kept just rotating those guys. They were getting no results from. Him. Although the, the Jared Dodge at least had four interceptions, four times. He was a fifty percenter. Um, you know. But yeah, I thought he was their best option
0: of what we've seen. What's that? I thought he was Edmonton's best option of what we have seen.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But we haven't but seen Trey it's Ford. Not
1: getting, it's not getting them where they need to be, and that's in the win column. The thing that scares me the most is you know that the uh, the Elks are going to win a game eventually. We saw this here. Montreal came in. Now, Montreal's a better team. And Mike, O'Shea, Mike, Mike time, O'Shea said specifically
0: was, that. Edmonton will win a game eventually.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, remember the teams we thought, and I I mentioned Montreal come and beat us, and now how about about the game? That's still, obviously the game that surprised a lot of people was the Ottawa Red the way they played. And how Dustin Crum just basically manhandled, running the football, making us look silly. And we got beat by a team that we should have never lost to. But having said that, it tells you when you get a guy that can run with the football, and if you can make a guy miss an open, I don't know if you watched this. Uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, so go off on target a little bit here. I know you don't like that, but I watched the Johnny Manziel story. It's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it was a good one,
0: eh? Really well done.
1: Did you see what he did? It was more running than anything. He ran the ball. He was incredible. I mean, he's dumb as a post, obviously. He doesn't even go to meetings, doesn't even read. You know, watch film. He has his own demise. He was his own, you know, he, he, he hurt his own career, but I'm not going to get it to him. I'm just thinking that I like this trade forward. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, you know, he played two games last year. Didn't? He had one win against Hamilton, and then he hurt his shoulder, and he hasn't played. So this is his first start of the year. I'd be excited to see what this guy can do. I mean, Legs are I'm dangerous. Not, Legs are if dangerous. I was gonna see, and this is no knock on Taylor again. But if Taylor is starting again, I'm like, ah, oh God, here we go. Same old, same old. You know, You know, he's going to turn the ball over. He's going to make a stupid decision, you know. Now I got a guy that hopefully is going to be better. That's going to give him a little spark. I think the team's going to get a spark from this. That's nothing you have to look at mm-hmm. how the players react to a new quarterback. Obviously they like this Trey kid. They like him in practice. He's got a great arm. And as I said, he's got escapability features. He's fast. He's got great legs. So, you know, when your team is looking for a change and your team is really hoping to get on that other side on the wind column. When you get a new guy in there that excites you, it excites the whole team. So look at they got a new quarterback who's exciting. They're playing at home, so they're not playing on the road. This is he's in his own, you know, backyard. So hopefully this will uh, you know, help those Edmonton Elks out to put up a good game against the Bombers.
0: Wanted to say what's up to everybody joining us in the live chat whether you're watching on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, uh or if you're listening afterwards on the podcast. Uh leave a review, give a thumbs up. Um, and uh, leave a comment. We read them all. Uh, If if they're a comment for Chris Walby, I send it to Chris. Uh, So he will hear everything uh, you got to say. But uh, the live chat is live as it always is. And uh, great to see everybody joining us here on Winnipeg's pregame show ahead of Bombers and Elks on Thursday night. Don't miss the postgame. Zach Schnitzer will join me, as he so often does, for Game Day After Dark here on the channel. And if you are curious of where to find all of our stuff, bonfiresports.ca is the website you will find absolutely everything there um does jarius jackson calling the plays and trey ford you know we know what he can do with his legs we know he has the arm to be able to make all the throws he wouldn't be playing pro football if he wasn't capable i don't care what what his uh, passport says uh canadian or not chris but will a quarterback that has not played this year there is little film on him and there is no film on Edmonton with Jarius Jackson calling the plays does that present a different type of challenge for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers how do you prepare for that
1: I think you prepare it's just like if it was going to be Taylor Cornelius because Taylor Cornelius can run the football too um you know maybe not as adept at taking off as a Trey Ford might be but we haven't seen Trey Ford so I mean that's the interesting thing but I, I guarantee, uh, Richie Hall is just having the same defensive scheme, and going to go in there with exactly the same game plan. A uh, game plan, excuse me, that they went against. Uh, you know, uh, the BC Lions, although a little bit more on the ends, because they're going to have to contain this guy. You know, when they played uh, BC, and Dane Evans is not a great scrambler. I'm sorry. Uh, he's nowhere capable of, I mean, he can extend plays. No he's capable, either, but, but that's about not, it. He's not in the same uh, running yeah. or speed character uh, category as a Trey Ford. So I think you have to make sure your end stay the outside, you contain him. You want to definitely keep in the pocket in the beginning. Rattle him, you know, make sure you're changing up your, you know, your uh, your defensive reads, make him hold on to that football a little bit. Because a lot of times, you know, like this, and I've seen this, I've played with quarterbacks like this. As soon as they get the first reads gone, They get itchy, or I call happy feet, dancing feet. And then they start taking off and run the football. That's what's going to happen. So I think that, to to answer your question in a long-about way, as I usually do, um, I think that, yeah, Jarius Jackson is going to be a real, I think, like I said earlier today, different coordinators relate differently to different quarterbacks. And I really think that Jarius has this niche with him. And he's going to work with this Trey Ford kid and make him, you know, whatever, you know, potential this kid can, he's going to try and get it out of him. So, yeah, I think him calling the plans. Listen, Stephen McAdoo, they made him an advisor right now. This offense, the Edmonton was number eight in rush, number eight in pass, only eight touchdowns. Come on, man. How many games are you going to win? I'll say this, though. I went back and I looked at some stats, and boy, I tell you, ever since I've been working with you, DB, I've turned to a stats guy, and I don't like it. Don't like it at all, because you know I'm not a big fan of stats. But having said,
0: you that, do though, you do. Did you
1: know this that Edmonton, at home, averages 24.7 points a game, on the road, it's only eight. So there's another really sorry on of the road. It's t-
0: only eight,
1: eight, and it's 24 and seven at, at home. So I mean, there's obviously some. Uh, some benefit to being there. And it's another one of those little uh, stars I'm looking at right now. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that. Maybe they play again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, they give the ball away too many times. They take such stupid penalties on defense. Um, and you could have the greatest game plan in the world on defense or offense. And if you get penalties and you keep killing yourself and shooting yourself in the foot, you're not going to win football games. And that's what Edmonton's MO has been. They've taken so many penalties. They just... We have a great play, and it's all called back, and it's nothing more frustrating than seeing yourself and all the work you're putting in all week, practicing, banging heads, and then you come out there and you and you play like idiots. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, that Where, that's you your ramble. That's your ramble, Chris. How
1: come I, I'm uh, rambling, man?
0: How come I, You're a rambling man. There you go. You're a ramble man. You? How come I got it? Uh, I got it stuck on your screen here. I just can't get enough. We can't get enough of that oh, mug of yours. Oh,
1: baby. Just needed to. Well, you know, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to keep up to Zach now. Zach's, uh, you know, he's the movie star now. I'm just right. the old guy coming in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're you're the old guy to go to ring I going
1: to get you after?
0: You're the old guy with all the rings. And, and I'd love to get your perspective on James Murphy, who will enter into the yes. Blue Bombers yeah. ring of honor later this season. Uh, Trey Ford, while we're talking about him, this is his fourth career start in the CFL. He's one in two. And uh, these courtesy of the Canadian Football League, uh, this will be his first start against Winnipeg. And it'll be the first time this season a Canadian quarterback starts a game. The Elks are coming off a bye. Teams coming off a bye are nine and one in the CFL this year. Chris, should Winnipeg be worried? Should Winnipeg fans be worried that this could be a trap game?
1: You know, it's interesting to say that because it makes me think of back in the old days, and uh, we would have a bye week. And if we had lost a game, or if we had lost a number of games going into the bye week, Cal Murphy would say, "You know what, guys? You're not taking a week off." You're going to take a few days, come back for a couple of days, get a few days, take and always keep you into that football mindset. I think the fact that has had two weeks to look at film, they've played us in the exhibition game, which is garbage. They played us in Week Seven, which uh, we won. I think it's twenty-eight to fourteen. I think it was six-six so, six
0: at halftime. Yeah, six-six at halftime. Six.
1: So think about this now, and you got two weeks. And I, I agree, that's a great stat there, DB. And again, I'm not a stat guy, but nine and one. And it just tells me that you have so much time to prepare. You, you, you can break down the tendencies of the bombers. Listen, Kenny, La- you don't think Kenny Lauder wants to go out to Edmonton and just juice it up there and just you know, you know, like I mean, I, he was a one-man freak show last time against BC. He's always played well against BC, but 200 yards receiving. I mean, that was incredible. And that's
0: the most by a receiver in one game this season. His second time reaching 200 yards in a game. He had 205 yards on October 2nd, 2021. The first time he was with the Blue Bombers. Both of those 200 yard games for Kenny Lawler as a receiver against the BC Lions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what uh, and then you look at all their other weapons I mean they you know he's got pick your poison right pick your poison and I tell you what the old line that uh, they did a great job you know what they th- you know I everybody watched the film or if you watched the game they played so much double tight end against BC yeah and I really believe that was a, such a key part they stretched out they didn't let the ends get in there at all
0: Liam Dobson uh, was you know, they talk yeah. about a QB spy. Tui. Liam Dobson was pretty much spying Matthew Betts the yeah. whole and
1: game. Yeah, you had Tui. Tui came in and played a lot, too. Yep. So, I mean, they had both those guys in there. And I think that's a smart move when you got a, a, a great offensive or a great defensive line coming at you. And I, they just didn't get any pressure on Zach. I don't think Zach went down. I think he got one sack. That might be the only time he got hit. Uh, yeah. It was near perfection for an O line. And uh, when you're not talking about the O line, you know they're doing a pretty good job. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I, I want to comment that Craig Smith made a nice comment there. 82, I did play right guard. It was great. I I played 82 and 83 as right guard. And then, of course, 84, John Gregory came and became an O-line coach. And the rest of his history. I played tackle ever since. But it was great to play with some of the guys that I played with, Frankie Smith, Bobby Thompson, some of the great offensive linemen. So, yeah, that's It's a long time ago when you think about it, man. Yeah, Go back and look at those black and white games. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite black and white. Um, so, w-
0: welcome, by the way, to everybody joining us from Winnipeg Sports Talk. You are watching Game Day Winnipeg. It is Winnipeg's pregame show, looking ahead to the 0-8 Elks hosting the 6-2 and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We've been talking about Trey Ford, their new offensive play caller uh, in Edmonton, Jarius Jackson, taking over yep. from O.C., Stephen McAdoo, the wrinkles that Edmonton might throw Winnipeg's way, yeah, just how good rip. the Blue Bombers have been since not playing very well in the crumbback game against Ottawa in the 28-14 win at home against Edmonton just 2 uh, or pardon me 3 weeks ago coming out of that bye and how rejuvenated and um you know reestablished Winnipeg <sighs> looked in dominant fashion in that 50-14 oh, win. Last week, uh, we're going to look at the depth charts. We're going to get into uh, a lot more, uh, but I want to mention this. Uh, Zach Kolaris, 10 and six in his career against Edmonton. That's his most wins in his CFL career against any single opponent. Uh, Kenny, uh, we, we talked about Kenny Lawler, but Dalton shown.
1: Yes.
0: He led the league in receiving in 2022. His second season as a rookie yet in his second season, He has uh, just notched his second 100-yard receiving game of the year, had 137 yards against BC last week, Uh, seventh uh, of his career, second 100-game of the season, seventh of his career. And through eight games last season, he had 583 yards on 32 catches. This season, 610 on 34 yeah. catches. So just above his pace that led the league last year, that's the pass game. We know how dangerous dangerous it is with Kolaris, just laser accurate with the deep ball, um, and, and responsible and, and not really even in the realm of, of being, um, you know, somebody that turns the ball over Dembski, Lawler, Schoen, and then Wolitarski and, and, um, you know, the rest, uh, Rashid Bailey. I, I cannot forget yeah. him. But yeah, then absolutely. you have Brady Oliveira, Chris. Yeah, Brady I'm Oliveira back, sure. had 368 rushing yards through eight games last year. Through eight games this year, not 368, 593. From 368 to nearly 600, the slow start last year. And he was still amongst... The league leaders in rushing, without Kadim Carey, without uh, William Standback, as effective as he has been in years past, Saskatchewan really hit and miss with the run game. It looks like Brady is on pace to be the league's leading receiver. You could say the same about or uh, running back. Russia, you, could, yeah. you could say the same thing about Dalton Shown as the league's leading receiver. Uh, Zach Kalaris could very well be a three-time consecutive most outstanding player in the CFL. So the offense is all happening. For those out there that have doubts about the offensive line protecting, oh. what say you, Chris Walby? Hall
1: of Famer? Well, I already told you. i you know oh, I, I went by the I went by the uh, you know some of the the doctors' offices and all the people were putting casts on their legs because they broke them as they jumped off the cart and said you know <laughs> oh this old line's too old they're they're you know they're all, they' all they had one bad game my God boy I tell you what. Uh, it's amazing when you think about that. And then the way these guys have responded and play, um, mm. and they got a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride in that old line room. This, they're probably one of the tightest groups on the football team. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're definitely one of the best, most fun groups. I'll tell you that right now. And I've obviously I'm biased, but being in the locker room for a lot of times, I know the old line was, uh, uh, was one of the best groups we had. And we had so much fun, man. We had B and O's right. And that was boys night out. And you had to come mm. out. And, boy, I tell you what, if you did, we'd mess with you. Uh, So it was always a great time with that kind of stuff. And, you know, of course, Stan Mikawas always pretended he was an old lineman when there was a party because he wanted to hang with us. So you know, But he was a backup lineman. He was a backup, backup. much like Jake. He's exactly like Jake Thomas. If you need an offensive lineman, that would be Stan. And Stan came in and played a little guard for us. And I think he was glad to get back to the other side of the ball because he realized what a turnstile looks like. (laughs) uh uh well yeah mickawas
0: still hanging around he was at your christmas party this year and uh you know we we had some uh Uh, we had some some merry merry times we'll we'll leave a good man we'll put it that way he is uh there is the blue bombers depth chart for thursday night in edmonton no changes as you see right here look at that Zero changes yeah. from last week. Greg McRae will remain the primary kick returner. Uh, and really, uh, continuity is everything. The blue bombers yeah. injured list is pretty much all, um, six game injured guys. Jared Beeksma got injured in practice last week. So, uh, he moves to, uh, the six game or did, uh, last week, Malik Clements, Shane Gauthier, Janarian Grant, Celestin Haba. uh, Mike Miller, all in the midst of their six-game uh, injury stints. Desmond Lawrence, back practicing. Uh, the one practice that was open this week, he was limited, but does not need to be listed on the Blue Bombers injured list. Weekly injury report or daily injury report, because he's on the sixth game does not need to be listed there. Teadrick Hansen, still not practicing. Um, so probably going to be uh, a while yet as he recovers from a torn Achilles tendon last season. But what does continuity do, Chris Walby, in uh, just, you know, uh, a team's ability to prepare for their opponent when you don't have to start saying, well, we got a different receiver here, or we got to make changes for the strengths and weaknesses of a a, a different uh, personnel package on defense or whatever it may be?
1: Continuity equals one thing, and that's communication. The fact that these guys know exactly where they're going to be in every given play, to watch these guys block. Like I watched uh, Patty Newfield make some outstanding blocks. I watched Jared Gray, or Jeff Gray, excuse me, make some outstanding blocks in a game against the BC Lions, especially on those runs up the middle that Brady took. Um, They did a fantastic job. And that's communication, knowing you got a chip, are you going double linebacker, are you doing man-on-man, are you doing combo blocking? There's so many things. And, you know, the defense, remember this now, the defense can always shift around before the snap of the ball, as long as they don't cross the line of scrimmage. Once the O line sets, you can't move. So that's why I think that the, this O line with the communication of doing it, and that falls a lot on uh on that uh you know, that young Chris Kolinikowski. I really think this kid's having a – you know what, I didn't think he was gonna be as good as he is, and I'm gonna be honest. He's having an all star year. Who's that? He's playing very, very well. Chris Kolinkowski. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the way the kid's playing. It's tough. They got a bunch of toughness on that old line. I like that. You got a cameraman and Jamarcus Hardrick. He likes the camera. You know, Jamarcus. He just loves, he loves that kind of stuff, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like guys that are tough, not ready to, you know, to get their helmets all marked up. You know, uh, basically knocking the snot bubbles over the guys. You know, out of the guys they're playing against. So that's the kind of guys I like. So, well,
0: I think Winnipeg. That's the reason why. Like everyone's going to look at the the big plays, the big start, the two touchdowns in the first couple minutes mm. of the game. Uh, As you know, Winnipeg, Oh, they came out gunning. Uh, Absolutely. But to me, it was the physicality, the way they came out and, and smacked BC around, not just on offense, but on defense as well. And they didn't stop. They kept the pressure on. And again, not just putting points up, but by keeping that high level of physicality throughout the game. Um, I asked Mike O'Shea about uh, the Chris Jones defense because a lot has been said about the quote-unquote Chris Jones defense and how different it is in the Canadian Football League. and has been for a a number of years. You can go all the way back to his Edmonton Elks defense when they were called the Eskimos uh, in 2015 when they won the Grey Cup here in Winnipeg against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And Willie Jefferson was on that team. And the system that they ran very different uh, what Michael Shea shared when I asked about the Chris Jones defense was one thing you always know is that he is going to have athletic, long athletes on that defensive side of the football. And, you know, obviously the head coach is not going to share too much about uh, game plan and, and strategy and scheme and the rest. But when you look at Edmonton's defense... They are built one way, and that is with experience and athleticism at the line of scrimmage. Niles Morgan, very athletic, fast middle linebacker. Adam Konar, uh, the veteran Canadian there. Uh, to me, their best player on defense, Chris, is right here. Lucez Purifoy. He's the one with the BC Lions who wore the Pennywise mask from the Stephen King movies, uh, with the BC yeah, Lions yeah. last year, time in Saskatchewan, obviously with Chris Jones as well. Back reunited with Chris Jones and just probably the best athlete, pure athlete in the Canadian Football League. When's the last time you heard a dime back who can play middle linebacker and return kicks? That's what Luchez Purifoy can do. Um, uh, Winnipeg's offense is dynamic, is deep, is physical, is talented, but Edmonton is not built like other football teams. The challenge is very, very different this game than it is against other opponents in the CFL.
1: And, And you hit on a couple guys, but I'll say this too. They've also added a couple guys who did not play in week seven. And the one you mentioned, obviously, Niles Morgan, their middle linebacker, they're really high on him. And the other one is a two-time CFL All-Star, Ed Gainey, at the half. Uh, this guy always has a knack for making big plays. So when you get those veterans back, he's an 11-year veteran. I mean, when you get a guy back there again, and you talked about communication and, and, you know, and continuity and all that, it's nice to get a guy with that kind of experience back there. So Morgan's going to make a huge difference in the middle, and that allows you know guys like Konar and Purify to be – more uh, conscious of, you know, they're going to have to cover some guys. But, um, you know, I think this bo- this Edmonton defense is not as bad as everybody thinks. Yeah, they've given up a lot of points. Well, they're on yes, the field constantly. The offense can't yeah. stay on the field. Well, that's the biggest thing. And that's why stats can cons- – oh, man. That's why I want to take a plunge into stats sometimes. Because the offense is so poor, the defense is playing so – I looked at their time of possession. I think they're number eight or nine. They're never on the field. You're 100% right, DB. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, you look at their rushing. They're giving up 142 yards a game rushing. Well, you think that might happen if you're out there, I mean, you know, you're playing like three quarters of a quarter?
0: Yeah, and you're, you're down. Oh,
1: eventually you're going to wear down. You're down. So this the other team's going to run the ball. Stays, they're going to run and run. days to form, if yeah. Trey Ford and that offense don't get going, Jerry Jackson doesn't light a firecracker under these guys. I think that you're going to see a Brady Oliveira in our offense. They're going to have a big day. Because um, yeah. it's going to be up to, you know, basically our our defense, which is very good, to keep that Edmonton offense off the field and then tire out that Edmonton defense.
0: Dylan Mitchell at receiver. Uh, Steven Dunbar, Jr., big free agent signing from the Hamilton Tiger Cats yeah. last year. You it mentioned Manny Ursono. You mentioned Manny Arsenault back in uh yeah. the Edmonton Elks lineup, veteran, physical, uh, and very, very smart. Kieran Moore, uh, free agent signing from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, all of these players, uh, very talented. It's all about have they can you know, can they get the ball into their playmakers' hands? Kevin Brown took the CFL by storm late last season. Incredibly effective, talented running back that has a power game with speed. It all comes down to Taylor Cornelius's inability to be accurate with the football, Jared Dagey stepping in in a little bit of relief the first third to half of the season and being inexperienced and kind of middle of the road, here is Trey Ford, enter a dynamic, speedy, um and uh capable quarterback with his legs and his arm. Uh this is not the Edmonton Elks offense of the first half of the season. Jarius Jackson, now the play caller. I know we touched on it early, but for those that joined us coming out of Winnipeg Sports Talk, uh, Jarius Jackson now calling the plays instead of Stephen McAdoo, a new quarterback. The challenge will be real. I think it's reassuring a little bit that Winnipeg has that continuity on the defensive side of the football. And while Adam Big Hill gets the acclaim and the accolades, rightfully so. Kyrie Wilson was such a breath of fresh air and just capability added to a Winnipeg Blue Bombers linebacking core that that was a little bit thin prior to his return.
1: Yeah, I just want to touch one more thing on Edmonton. And as we talked about continuity, you talked about communication. The thing that, you know, Edmonton really got screwed up last year is they had so many injuries in the offensive line. This is the same offensive line that played last time of week seven. These guys have been playing together, starting to get better. You got Foucault and Ivy, you know, Kurt Boyko at the right tackle. But I want to say this, when you got that kind of offensive line, and I like Kevin Brown, I've been a big fan of the running back they have. Manny Arsenal, what do you what do you get with him? Not only a veteran receiver, but can the guy block downfield? One of the things he is, he's he's got a nose. He get he likes the contact.
0: Big body he's great and physical
1: field. Like yeah. uh, and then, you know, you're looking at uh, Dylan Mitchell, the the outside wide In three games, of the two he's played, he's had over 100 yards receiving. He's a big play guy. They have to attack the, the Bombers. They have to go deep, just like the Bombers did to BC. And then everything else will open up. Uh, if they start playing that, you know, I watch Calgary play, and they're just doing a dink. We had 149 yards passes. He won the game. I don't think he threw a ball over 10 yards. And I'm talking about Mayer. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable, and I was talking to Mike Kelly, the head coach of the Bombers, who I met last week for a couple of sodies, and um, he was saying the same thing. He goes, oh, "What's with all the dinking and dunking passes now?" So I was loved. I loved the fact that I saw you know Zach go deep and really expose uh, the uh, BC secondary.
0: Yeah, here's my question, Chris. Big pressing uh, question. Big question. Have you uh, heard a better name for a kicker than Faithful?
1: Yeah, not faithful. Wow, (laughs) I I mean, he's not kicking. He's seventy-two percent, buddy. He's got to get better.
0: No, Dean has been anything but completely faithful. For I mean, seventy-two
1: percent. He's eight of eleven. He hasn't kicked one over fifty yet. He hasn't tried one over fifty. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting when you think about kickers and how they can rebound. And I don't want to go off on another tangent, but I'll say this: it's interesting when you see what Hamilton's done with uh, old legs, Legio. I think he's what. Missed, only missed one this this year, I think. He's having a Well, stack. he's come
0: back down to earth a little bit.
1: Well, he had to. But, I mean, okay, that's another team. Let him go. Uh, that's yep. another team we'll go talk about eventually, but not today. Um, No. So, I mean, uh, you know, they've got to get more production out of there. you got to get points when you can get points. If you're in, you know, this is a team that hasn't been in the red zone very often. The Bombers, God, you do not want them inside the 20 because they've been down there 26 times and they've come away with 17 touchdowns. hmm it's incredible. It's a sixty-five percent success rate in the red zone. Uh, you know that's just incredible. That's I think it's number one in the CFL. You see, if it's not number one, it's right up there with Toronto because Toronto's done very well in the red zone as well. But I looked at that stat and I was going, "Wow, that's pretty good, man. That's really good."
0: Need to mention, as we always do, as yes. you know, we're looking at a Thursday night game. Maybe Friday, you want to kick off work early. Well, you know what's open for lunch now? Shannon's Irish Pub in the heart of downtown Winnipeg. Game day specials, Jets games, Blue Bombers games, Sea Bears games. The season is now over for the Sea Bears, but what a spot it was before and after Sea Bears games at Canada Life Centre. Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street. It's just a quick Saucer Pass down the block from True North Square, uh, underneath the streets of downtown Winnipeg. Eclectic atmosphere, classic pub favorites, and more that you may be surprised by, both in their food and drink menu. You see it on the screen, 21 beers on tap, including so many of your local micro-brew favorites, Shannon's Irish Pub. Uh, Go check them out, uh, 175 Carlton Street. And you can find them also, uh, shannonsirishpub.ca. Friday afternoon, after a Thursday night Bombers game, head down to Shannon's uh, for lunch uh, and get your weekend started early. Um, Chris, are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers now the number one team in your power rankings? I know you are a little bit biased. Okay. I am biased. But. But. The Argos also, lost their first game of the season. Yeah. And they also lost their starting quarterback. Still unclear know whether know. he See, will that,
1: play to...
0: this week against Ottawa in Chad Kelly.
1: Okay, listen. This is no um, no dog on Mr. Kelly. But I want to know how you hurt your ankle and you're not sitting down with ice on it and you're standing there on an ankle that's supposedly damaged.
0: Yeah. You, no, well,
1: Seriously. You, why, why you would watched Patrick there? Mahomes they, last year? Why wouldn't they elevate it, ice it, take any extra pressure off it, you know, swelling, blood goes downhill, you know, brother. I, mean, no, I get, I it, get so. that,
0: but but often players want to play, right? So he's put, putting weight on it and trying to to walk off that pain. Uh, you I mentioned the Johnny Manziel yeah, documentary. You, no. you mentioned the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you yeah. saw the uh, quarterback uh documentary uh that was on netflix as well that followed uh, a trio of nfl quarterbacks and what happened with patrick mahomes had that high ankle sprain in the playoffs and he just kept walking on it walking on it trying to be okay no doubt he went into the room and you know got shot up and did what he needed to do uh, not saying that's what happened with Chad Kelly about the shot up, but he was definitely trying to walk and and and, and see if it was working nah. for him. They kept him out him, in the I second half for precautionary reasons. Do you buy into it? Is he going to be well, okay?
1: Yeah, he's going to be okay. I think he's fine. I mean, I, I understand that cautionary measure, you know, measures, you know, protecting your start quarterback, your starting quarterback. Um, I just found it very interesting. And I, I mean, I didn't see him walking a lot. I just saw him standing there. And I also know that I've played with a lot of quarterbacks who have said, hey, unless it's broken, put me back in mm-hmm. and, or let me do something to get back in. I didn't see any hunger in him. And I might be 100% wrong, but I didn't see any hunger in him or I want to get back in. I didn't see him in a coach's ear going, hey, man, let me be back in. Well, and uh, let's remember,
0: so- too, the Argos were not playing very well. I think they would have lost that game even if Chad Kelly stayed in, unless he was able I mean, to orchestrate be, some late game.
1: Yeah, but still, that's like going to a game where we're getting beat. Not bad, where we're getting beat bad, and then yeah. say, okay, Dunnigan, you know what? Come on out. You might as well stay out. They're getting pressure. They're getting killed. You're getting killed anyway.
0: Yeah, come it, on, it, man.
1: You know, You're, you really game. It's a game. It's a it's a tough game. So I mean, to me, and again, I'm not on the sideline. But if I've ever had a quarterback that I thought was milking it, I would lose all respect and I'm not saying he's milking it, but I just wouldn't I wouldn't oh boy, I'd have a hard time, you know, busting my ass for a guy if he's going to go out with a little freaking sprain
0: no i I hear oh, you yeah. and we we very well may be reading too much in between the lines. but if Chad Kelly was you know, being you know being a little bit conservative and and not trying to show that grit, you know it, yeah. it might say something about um his character at the same time it might be the coaching staff saying whoa 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 let's not do anything dangerous here we got a long season ahead of us and well toronto has been a powerhouse all season long it was a loss to. i think the guy that they lost and
1: i don't want to start talking about toronto very much but i'll tell you this they have a running back that i'm in love with that oulette guy oh yeah AJ Ouellette, I love this guy. He is he is the epitome of a warrior. And I got my Walby Warrior hat right now. And I'll tell you right now, nice. that guy, the way he plays, I love the way he breaks tackles. He puts his shoulder down and keeps going. I think losing him to that game when he got hurt, that hurt them more than Chad Kelly. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what the kids came back. I think his name was Cobb. Yeah, Cobb. I think he came in. But anyway, I don't want to talk about Toronto right now. I'm talking about the Bombers and Edmonton and Let's well, talk about, you know. No, the, the question was tomorrow. Is
0: Winnipeg atop the power rankings now? Where do you have Toronto? Absolutely. And, well, as I say that, Where would just, they be? Let, let, let me share this. Uh, just oh, seeing on Twitter right now, uh, Chris yeah. Belenovic, who works for the Argos, says Chad yes. Kelly practiced in full today, meaning if you can still, uh, you know, uh, find the Argos as a favorite. Um, you know that that game against Ottawa, the, the, all of the the sports books were were sitting on their hands, so to speak, waiting to see if Chad Kelly was going to be healthy and and able to play on Sunday against Ottawa. It is a long week for them, so uh, or a longer week for them, but so a positive there. But uh, Chad Kelly practicing today
1: in Toronto, it's a good thing. Well, there you go. Why don't we just put a stamp on my point? Bang! If I was a judge, case closed.
0: Next, I'm glad. I'm glad, nice, I'm glad you're wearing your Walby's I'm glad you're wearing your warrior hat. If I can share this. Look at that.
1: Oh yeah, that's my old uh, my teammates there. Chris Cuthbert, Mark Lee, two of the very best. Oh yeah. A couple What of happened awesome to you though? What happened? What happened? Look at that Why? guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hair. The hair yeah I, well, know.
0: yeah. I think the beard looks better now.
1: I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't mind it, man. I, you know, so the kids like me. They all think I'm Santa now, so that's great. You know, I get sure. a lot of kids dragging You're your me. you grandfather now?
0: Out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
1: go to the, you know, I go to the shopping and people hand me their Christmas list already, so that's kind of nice.
0: Right. And then they expect you to, to go outside and hop on your Harley or your Honda Goldwing. Right? <laughs> there you go, Darren. Have you been a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the right, modern day Santa sleigh. Yeah, uh, James Murphy uh, enters into the Winnipeg Blue Bombers yes. Ring of Honor. Uh, yes. One of my favorites when I was really young Absolutely. watching uh, the Blue Bombers play. Uh, what comes to mind, Chris, when uh, when you think of number twenty-one going up into the rafters at uh, IG Field?
1: Well deserved, outstanding selection. One of the greatest receivers we've had in the Bomber history, and I, I just think it. I just keep thinking about eighty-eight. Uh, in the Grey Cup game and what number 21 did that game and what he's done over the years in Winnipeg. Uh, Great speed of hands, uh, you know, out of Utah State, I believe. I can't remember where he was in college, but, you know, just one of my favorite people. He actually lives in North Kelowna somewhere here. uh, Does he? You know, we see him at some of the events. He likes to travel. He's a big travel bug, but, uh, no, I got nothing but uh, kudos for him and well-deserved, and uh, you know what? Uh, It's just a great choice by the – and I think it's the sports reporters who who nominate that. If I'm not mistaken, is that who nominates? No, the, um... I
0: think it's I think it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, Hall of Fame Committee. Okay, I know there Bob you go. Irving okay. is on it, but I think that's the that's only right.
1: media member.
0: Didn't Joe Pop get in too? He got in last year. Yeah.
1: Okay. There. There you go. Okay. So I mean, that yeah. to me, that's just it's phenomenal. Um, you know, there's so many guys that can. You when you think about it, like I mean, I was listening today. Guys were talking about James West, Tyrone Jones some of the great guys we played in the past. And that's, I think, sometimes we have to be more reminiscent of some of the older players that played. Guys like Bill Frank, uh, you know, a lot of these other guys are just, you know, studs back in the old days, right? Um, so, hey, nothing but uh, nothing, respect and love for the man, number 21. Uh, and, you know, we used to always say, James, you look marvelous today because he was a marvelous Murphy.
0: Well, he set uh, a lot of Winnipeg Blue Bombers franchise receiving marks that uh, yeah. Milt Stiegel went on to break. But uh, when your records are broken by Milt Stiegel, you you know you're pretty good uh, and oh, and up there uh, amongst the greatest of all time. In never Blue said history. a word
1: in two years. in a I was a huddle with him. Do hmm? you know that he didn't say a Milt, word? Milt was quiet, and then all of well, a sudden, he was. Milt fell on. Then he started g- coming out of his shell, as they say. The turtle man came out of his shell. And uh, the rest is history. I mean, uh, probably one of the greatest, if not one of the greatest, receivers ever played in the CFL.
0: No no question. No question. And another Winnipeg Blue Bomber, is, uh, former Blue Bomber, is now uh, looking like uh, getting a little time on the TSN panel as Enoch Mwamba has been hanging out uh, in Toronto at Agincourt Where Studios. are the old
1: linemen? Mm. TSN. Yeah, I mean, come on, man.
0: Yeah, since the the passing of Schultz, we we haven't seen anybody on the line.
1: Schultz was great, man. Now it's just DBs and and quarterbacks and ex-coaches and ex-general managers. And now we're going to get, you know, I guess some cheerleaders are going to get in there so we can be, you know, we don't don't have to be so, uh, you know, what do you call it, chauvinistic. So we'll probably get some cheerleaders in there now and do some stuff.
0: You lost me. I don't know what you mean.
1: I'm just very upset with that. I just think, like I said, and I've talked about this a lot of times. I need to see more bloody pit action. Show me the pit. You want to see the line of scrimmage? Yeah, Yeah, I want to see the line of scrimmage. I want to see. Well, they follow the ball, right? Huh? They follow the ball. Well, no, follow the ball, but we you should always have one camera dedicated to the O line or the D line, wherever. You know what I mean? Sorry, that was just something that I believed in big time when I was with CBC and and CBC did a great job allowing me to do that. One of the
0: favorite books I have that I still thumb through once in a while is called take your eye off the ball playing on the, you know, the cliche, don't take your eye off the ball, but it's a football book. I think there's two of them now. Uh, Take your eye off the ball, watch away from the ball. Unfortunately, television broadcasts are going to follow the quarterback dropping back in the pocket and then the ball in the air going downfield. So you don't see how the receivers get there. You don't see how the blocking scheme and, and the pass rush yes. often develops. I hope in the future that technology uh, continues to evolve and, and we can yes. see some different views of
1: the game live. Right. That that would be well, awesome. Well, Remember the, at the Great Cup, they had the above camera that follows. That's kind of a neat looking shot too when you can look yep. right down. At the on video the game view. Yeah. I think I saw somebody tweeting me this week. They were very upset that somebody in the NFL, it was an O lineman, finally got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. And they said that they thought it was like the first or second O lineman ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I was like, really? Because I, I, for some reason I thought there'd be more. But anyway, I don't know if the guy had his stat wrong. I just said, you know. And there you go. Craig Smith again. The man has the memory. Uh, yeah, 1984 West file against B.C. Murph with a great catch. Yeah. 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 He's, he's a stud. I could, we could probably go through every film and show highlight catches by James Murphy. And that's how good he was. N-
0: no doubt. No doubt he was. And, and going into the ring of honor uh,
1: a little bit later this season at IG Field.
0: Uh, but the task at hand, of course, is the Blue Bombers looking to build on a huge win against BC last week, going into Edmonton, facing a winless Elks club coming off of a bye. What yeah. are your keys to the game, Chris, that will lead to the Blue Bombers capturing their seventh win of the season that may end up putting them in first place in the entire CFL?
1: Well, I don't. I know you're not going to want me to say this. I won't. Just show up. No, I'm not going to say that, you know, because no. I think seriously in offense, listen, this is a team that gives a lot of running yards, so I think you got to run the ball. They're averaging 140 yards given up. But I love the fact that what Zach did last week, and that is deep balls. Stretch this Edmonton defense. Let's see how good they are. Let's see if Ed Ganey's back to form, you know, on a DB spot. And then I love the fact that, you know, they talked about it. Change the cadence. Because, you know, Edmonton's going to try and bring the house. You know, Chris Jones and that defense is going to try and put pressure on Zach. So make sure you're not always going on one or two. Change that snap count, and that'll help you out a lot. On defense, I talked about this already in the podcast. Here, DB, do not give Trey Ford. I don't know. I know he hasn't seen a lot of football, but don't start. You know, lining up in your pre-snap reads, and I really think the key to him is to keep him in the pocket. And uh, I think if you do that, you got a great chance. Uh, limit his running ability, limit his legs, and then on special teams, it's just let's you know let's let's get some good. Let's win, continue to win the uh, the battle of field position. I uh, can't see anything bad about our special teams because I think they're doing great. I think that Greg McCray might have a breakout day. We'll have to see. Uh, he's getting better every time returning to football, so maybe it's more of a comfort thing with him now. But those would be my keys. I like that. Uh, I like the call
0: on, on Greg McCray. What I think I, we might see in this game, Chris, is because Edmonton's defense approaches things so differently than other teams do, often they will drop nine into pass coverage and only rush three. And and they do that often on first down, uh, really forcing teams to adjust how they approach first down. Um, So Chris Jones loves putting teams in second and long, loves putting teams in second and long. So I look at Brady Oliveira and whether it is the delay run game or the short screen game, uh, you know, passes out to the flats, bubble screens, delayed screens, zone screens—that sort of thing. Uh, I think those are ways Winnipeg is going to get a little bit creative uh, and probably have a very, very different offensive game plan this week in Edmonton than they did last week against BC.
1: Okay, but well that's what I talk about. If if BC, or excuse me, BC, smack my head. If Edmonton lines up in a three-man. Obviously, I think that's what I call a pre-snapper. Zach's going to audible. I'm going to run the football. Mm-hmm. I think what they have to do is line up five or six, look like they're coming, drop back. you got to continue to you know play the game. It's a game of chess. It'll be Chris Jones against Buck Pierce. That's going to be a great game to watch unfold. So I think that's what you got to do. And that's exactly what every defense has to do. And you'll see it all the time. They bring the outside linebacker, the Bombers, Kyrie. They bring Adam Big Hill all the time. He delays middle blitz they do a great job of hiding it and then finding the opening and getting pressure. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes it's called high risk, high reward. And sometimes you get beat, but majority of the time, if you time it right, it's a big play for your team.
0: I haven't even thought about this and I'm just going to throw it out there just based on, on our conversation, Chris, I'm right. calling it right now. We are going to see an offensive lineman catch a pass Thursday night in Edmonton calling it.
1: Hmm. I like it. You're talking red zone. Mm-hmm. Red zone, tight end, Tui or Liam, sleeking out there. Yep. Touchdown. Yep. Oh, boy. I, you know what? I Just can't argue that. with that. That sounds like a great – and I could see him doing it because we've seen the Bombers where Prukop, you know, second and one, pretending he's going to run, throws a deep ball to Dembski or something. And, and somebody made a great comment here, and I, I'm sorry I didn't give you the credit for it. But, and it was it was basically that he thought that Ned Dembski had – some of the best over the shoulder receiving catches. Oh, yeah. Willie Mays. He just seems, he, he has, yeah, he has a great, uh, great ability to adjust to the flight of the football. Uh, yeah, he makes it look so easy, and it ain't easy. Yeah. Um, well, with,
0: with that, I'll leave the final word to you. Uh, this Blue Bombers team riding high, Edmonton, scrappy, desperate, never, ever, Put anything past an injured dog. They are going to put up uh, a serious yeah. fight. um I think we're going to see a very entertaining football game, one way or another. In no way, shape, or form do I think Winnipeg is going to come out and push the Elks around. I think the Elks yeah. um, are, are going to be a little bit rejuvenated after a coaching change this week.
1: And I think that you hit a, a great point earlier. The last time they played, week seven, tied 6 6 after the first half. And then the Bombers kind of t- t- took control in the second half. But I'll say this. Um, yeah, they're not, I don't think they're going to put 50 points on like that against BC. No. I just don't think it. I think they had a beautiful day, and I think they ran a beautiful game plan against BC on all sides of the ball. But I think that Edmonton has had two weeks to prepare, to look at film, so I think Edmonton is going to be a different bird. And I just hope tomorrow's not the day where the Elks get into the win department because I think that would be a bit of a shocker. I yeah. don't expect them to. I think it will be a closer game than we expect, but I still think the Bombers are going to win by nine.
0: Agreed. Well, part of your game plan should be stopping by Shannon's Irish Pub uh, at 175 Carlton Street. If you haven't been, go check it out. And the food is awesome. Open for lunch on Fridays. So we'll see you there. Get your weekend started early at Shannon's Irish Pub. You can find them uh, on Instagram and uh, Shannon's Irish pub.ca. uh 63 burger, a Walby burger, or a 50 burger? I don't know what you prefer, Chris. I'll take a Walby burger uh, any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going to see one this week. But uh, on that note, I do sure hope you have a heck of a lovely late summer weekend. Enjoy the game. And, um, yes. you know, uh, Thursday's going to be a lot of fun prior to us getting Game Day After Dark and the live game show uh, going here on Bonfire.
1: Yeah, here's, here's, uh, here's to a big win by the Bombers, and here's to you and uh, Zach continue to kick the frickin' shit out of the broadcast when I'm not on it. <laughs> I love you, brothers, guy. Have a good weekend. <laughs>